Welcome to Fitness in the Word with Benjamin Kasanja. There is a great word, in, a great reward in honoring authority, starting right from, from, from the lowest level, whichever level it would be. And a lot of it is, a lot of what we call favor is really, really, is really, is what? Okay, I should not say favor is earned, because they say favor is unfair. It's just favor. When you're saying it's just favor, it means you didn't earn it. Uh, yeah, but like it's a reward. Or you, 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 you position yourself for favor. You can position yourself for favor. You get what I mean? Yeah, you can position yourself for favor. You, <laughs> Bishop was telling us that even God, at times when God wants to bless people, like, yeah, you make it hard for him. He's really trying, but the angels have all the records. It is so hard. It's like, hey, by this person, let's reward them. Then at least they are tighter. And the angels tell God, no, this one doesn't tighten. Imagine. Nah, but okay. At least once in a while on a Friday, they go for evangelism. Like, ah, God, they don't even know it's there. You know, like, like favor will many times do what? Favor will compensate sometimes for lack of uh, skill, lack of like we improve in some of those things but you can be favored because of honor that it will go beyond some of those things that you see. People are willing to spend money to educate someone other than looking for an educated person already. Somebody who is already educated. You see, that is normally favor. Yeah, like people will see like, hey, the way this person treats authority, the way they honor me, why don't we take them to school? Why don't we pay for them to be this? And yet, you know, there are many people who are already qualified in that same world and they don't have jobs and they will be ignored. That is favor. Somebody will pick somebody from nowhere and they do that training for them. They do. Yet the easiest thing is get someone who is already trained. Even if you pay a recruiting firm, it is not going to be as expensive as what? As training them, as paying for their training. You put a recruiting firm, they come in and definitely the liability, the recruiting firm will share part of the liability. So it's like an easy thing. But favor will be there because of, because of such things. So imagine there is that, that reward that will come maybe directly from the people that we honor. The people that we honor, there is a reward that God will bring through them. But you, there is also a reward that comes through God. And so there is that, there is that reward, that reward of covering, that reward of, uh, of uh, stability that many people don't see and don't appreciate. And that is why you see that many times when people honor, especially in the body of Christ, how men of God, when they honor, it is for immediate gratification. You get what I mean? Like that is why people look for celebrities to be spiritual father. That is why people look for somebody who is known or something like that because they feel like there may be an opportunity. This one will pave way for me. This one will do this for me. But it is very good for, to, to follow God, especially if God has told you to be somewhere like if God has told you to serve here. That leader for that department is your leader. Uh, Lucy, who is, coordinates all the departments, she is your leader. And we as your pastors are also your leaders. And you look there. So, the leadership above you may not be as fancy as you want, and which you're going to realize that almost everywhere, 
Everyone you see submitted to leadership and what? I will tell you, they, 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 as in, they are just things that they got to know that what they have signed up for is not as beautiful or glamorous as they would have thought initially. Like many of them. Like when you hear many, many stories for a bit. By the time Archbishop Duncan Williams was passed, by the time uh, Doug Heward Mills, God led him there and he submitted there. Archbishop Duncan Williams didn't even really speak good English. English. His church was a very bad church. In a, I don't remember if it was in a wooden structure, something like that. And he talks about one time where he, he went there with his sister. Uh, Duncan, Doug Heward Mills is from an elite family. I think either that dad or somebody was an ambassador. Like, as in, he grew up, he grew up, his first time flying coach, flying economy was as an adult, as a pastor already. You get what I mean? As in, being young, he flew first class all the time, you know. Like, that's the life he grew up in. Then he went to medical school, and I think he stood out. He was an outstanding student in Ghana, the entire Ghana in medicine. Like, very good. And now he goes to this church in a ghetto area. So one day he took his sister. She could not just stand it. Like, you know, everything is different. The pastor can't speak good English. The people are, you know, like there's that social gap, very big. You're sitting to people who, as in, how are we going to relate with people here? But Doug Heward Mills knew this is where God has called me. And that was Bishop Duncan Williams. And it is 40 what years later, they are still together, over 40 years. Bishop Duncan Williams went through crazy, crazy things. He went, there is even a time, I think, he, he left ministry in Ghana, relocated to the U.S., very tough things. Went through a divorce, tough, tough times. And he says this whole time it is Bishop Doug that's stuck there. All the, other, all the other people forgot about him, all people left, and all that. So it takes maturity, but there is a reward of, of, of honor. So it may not be something that is seen immediately that, oh, he's given me a platform to preach, or uh, he's recognized me and done this, and, but in the long term, you see that. And that is the same thing about our Christian work also. It is very good. Many times we think that... Uh, um, our prayers are not answered, our prayers are not re rewarded and what. But at times, some of the prayers that we pray and the things that we go through in our spiritual discipline, some of them we reap 20 years from that time. Some of them we reap 30 years later. And that's why we say no prayer is a wasted prayer because at times we pray, you know, you're praying, God, we want to see this, we want to see this, we want to see this. Uh, this time when we were in Uganda, I we went to my parents' place and, and we were there at the church. I remember there's a time I used to be a youth leader there in church and there are things that we used to pray about, things that I see today. We didn't see during that time, but there are things that we believed God to see in that our church. And we would pray. And you see, we prayed expecting that the next week we are going to see them. And when we come for Sunday service, they are going to be happening. And prayed, that was lower high school, until finished high school, came here and some of the things we've not seen. And right now, many of those things are happening. And there are times right now, God will wake you up. There are times you'll go, you want to pray, you want to, to see things. You, you're praying, you're praying for unity in that church. You're doing what you're praying for at CEO. And you know, 20 years from now, you're like, wow. That is what we were praying for. It is now happening. 
So you reap. There are things you reap in the future. There are things that we see, I see here in Raten. That is why you see that many times leaders or pioneers, many people get into their lives or stages that they are in when the greatest price was already paid. So they may look like peers, they may be like you know, they may be like colleagues, but there is a price that they did not pay that they don't know. And that normally, that is normally what separates them. But you cannot know. You get what I mean? Like it's easy to see, ah, this one is the assistant pastor to Apostle Jokayo, or this one is the... But you know, they were not there. So they come in a, a time where things are a bit already established, and they don't know why things are that way. And at times they wonder, why are things not working this way? Maybe in another area, or when they leave that, they are sent somewhere. It is easy for somebody to come to Ratsi right now, and there are things maybe that are here. People easily speak in tongues. People are going out for soul winning. And, you know, people seem to be passionate about that. And they're like, how do people do? Like, this is so easy. Somebody maybe may say, let me plant a church here and do exactly like what is being done in Ratsi. And they try, you see, like on the out, outside, it really looks they are doing everything that we are doing. But the results are not really coming out. Because, see, there is a time that a price was paid for some of the things that are happening here. There is a time. There is a time that we prayed and prayed and prayed and really believed God that it should be easy for people to speak in tongues when they show up here. Anyone should be able to pray for people to speak in tongues. Prayed and believed for souls did evangelism, did soul winning in, in you know, in, in the hardest ways, you know. Yeah, there are times went for, for soul winning. There are even days that people didn't show up. Yeah, there are days I showed up alone. There are days we were like three or two people. There are days that, you know, like it was, it was, there are times we would even come for service and you don't know, you just see new faces from the, the faces you saw last service, you know, you're like, where are all these people? And you as a person, God has called you and there are things that as you do, as you honor, as you, you practice honor, honoring those that are above you, honoring those, the authority that God has put above you, there are things that you may not reap tomorrow, next week, next year, but they will be seen in your life. As your life goes on, they will be seen. I was seeing, was it yesterday or when? Uh, Daddy Gio, Enoch Adeboe, he was given a honorary doctorate at uh, Oral Roberts University. And he was talking about the time he escorted his spiritual father to go to... And he had the opportunity to see Oral Roberts University and he could not afford to be there, like he didn't have the money, as in like, this is the most prestigious Christian university in the world. And he looked at it. This is more than 50 years ago. So now he was all over their screens yesterday. They are calling him Dr. Enokadeboy. He's going to have that certificate or document coming from that very university. He could never afford. He could ne As in, you know, it, it, you know it's, it's, it's like one of those dreams that, you know, yeah, it would. Like, that would have been a great opportunity. But you, you just know there is no way it's going to happen in my lifetime. He's not there. He's never been a board member. He's never given a lecture there. They are not his close associates. Even the way the mode in which they operate their ministry is very different. 
But you see, these are some of the rewards that have come from many years of different things, different prayer, prophecies, honor, and it is the same thing. We can look at it short term. Many people look at it short term. That will not sustain you. It will not take you far. But you can look at it long term. God wants me to be here. Because you see, it's, 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 uh, it's, not, it's, not, uh, it's not very good to be motivated to, 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 to honor by the rewards. You get what I mean? But I, I, I want us to know that there are rewards. That there are rewards for this. There are rewards for honor. And like we, we said earlier, honor is not necessarily because of what you want the person to be. It is God has placed them in my life for this and this is the purpose. And then you do that. You may be tested. And so the first test right now for us who are serving in Ratsi, it is from our very department leader. You may be more learned than your department leader. You may be more, what? You may be older than your department leader. You may be, there may just be a lot. Maybe you've even been longer in this ministry than those department leaders. And after those department leaders, there is Lucy who coordinates these departments. And there is the executive team, the pastoral team. And there may be many things, but you see it is you submitting to God that will help you submit to these people. You submit to God and do what God wants you to do. And you submit, you really, really honor them. You don't just look at them as, a, this is just my leader. He's the one who just tells me this. How do you honor them? How do you honor them? How do you respect them? Praise the Lord. What you want to be done to you, you should do to others. And eventually you're going to see favor. You will see things come and come and come and you will see, you will see great things that God will do. But you will see great things. You will see great testimonies in your life and you will see stability. Uh, we've talked about this. My wife normally says this. She says, she says uh, like about people getting married, she's like, get married to a man who is under authority. Very important. And not just a man, but even people, uh, people that we are working with and what, which authority are they under? Because the truth is that you're going to see stability. And being under authority is not necessarily saying I'm under authority. You get what I mean? It is something that can be proven. It is something that can be seen. Many people say I'm under authority. I know many people have met here in Nairobi who say, oh, Apostle David Juma is my spiritual father. Then next month I meet them. They say, yeah. Uh, Apostle so and so is my spiritual father. Like they just they, they just have many spiritual fathers. They <laughs> yeah, they are just they just convenient. Like whenever at that time they are the one with the whatever. What are they goodies? They they are the ones they go with. Then another one comes and that is not authority because you find that when a time of test comes, they easily walk where it is convenient. And you see, it was so sad. You see, that's why I say that. I really, like I've never even up to today, like really, really done a sermon maybe on spiritual fatherhood or what. Because I'm telling you, by the time I came here, I had things and I'm like, wow. Like first of all, people in Kenya had been so wounded by authority, but people also, uh, it's something, there's something that is very similar to Kenya and America. You know, America as a country was also born out of defiance. And you see a lot in America is a lot 
a lot based on defiance. And I think John Bevere maybe talks a bit about that. John Bevere in that book, I think he talks, he talks about men like T.L. Osborne. He talks about the results that they saw all over the world. Results that they would not see in America. How they were Americans and they are being used to spark revival in other countries and what. And John Bevere is like, but how they are honored in those places compared to how they are honored here. I says, why? Because America was bathed that way. We could not, they could not be controlled by Britain. They wanted freedom to worship and all that. And so, they, they defected, they turned and formed this nation. And then you see, up to today, you will realize that many things you see about Britain, America tries to go the opposite. Like it's, like just from the language, the English, they just, they, you know, they will turn, they turn, they change way of doing things. They dressing table word, etiquette and all that like you realize that for Americans it's a lot it's a lot very different and because of that they got into their first amendment second amendment and all that and there's a lot of uh, them people on their own and, and like authority is not a big deal very similar to Kenya Kenya, I, I'm not so sure, but I normally tend to think that it began from colonialism because the British were so harsh on Kenya. And it created, I think, defiance. That is how you see it started with Mau Mau. The British wanted people to have camped hair and water. And let's grow these dreads. And like there was a bit of that defiance. This is who we are. This is who we are. And you see up today in our, in our society, it is somehow celebrated in Kenya. That's why Kenya is the king of Twitter in East Africa. I mean in Africa and all that. Why? Because of fights. Like what makes you win on Twitter? It's a fight. It's a fight. What are they winning on? Fights. And you will see it amongst ourselves. It's like it's not good to just talk good about ourselves. It's not just like there must always be something you pick about. Why do people do this? Why you see on social media somebody posts something why do people do this? Why? Like there is that element of always fighting and wanting to show this is who we are, this is who we are, this is who we are. And the devil steals that. The devil, I mean the devil steals a trait that God gave. That, that defiance, if that defiance was taken on her nest very well. Because you see for America what, what that defiance worked for them, uh, the advantage of it was that they were very vocal about the gospel, about the values and America has ended up uh, evangelizing the whole world, literally. Like, literally, almost every nation you go to, there is a way that gospel came strongly through America. And if it was not directly boots on ground influenced by Americans, it was missionaries funded by Americans. Many Koreans you see all over the world have been funded by Americans to take the gospel. And all that. Uh, so they, th th that was a good thing. And I, I believe that there are many good things that can be used here. And you can see even from early, people like Apostle Jokayo, uh, Bildad Kagia, the way they took the gospel and then revival hit and spread around East Africa, you would see that that tenacity and that defiance was really there. Apostle Jokayo was put in prison and he would come out of prison and still preach the gospel. I remember he spoke during, was it during Kibaki's time one? But he said, Jomo Kenyatta, he said, President Jomo Kenyatta was here. He found me a preacher. I was arrested during his government and what? He passed on, he left me a preacher. Moi came, I was a preacher. His term ended, he left me a preacher. 
Kibaki, you've come. You're going to go and you'll leave me a preacher. And up to who? And Apostle Joker is still here. All those presidents have been presidents while he's a preacher in this nation. He's gone through tough times. He's been in prison. He's been in what? But you see, there was that defiance. And which is required for revivalists, for people who say no to the status quo, people who say no to, to those wrong things. Now, the other extreme, the opposite, is when the defense is against authority. Every man for himself. That is what happens in America. Very, very, very big. And you've seen many of these. I think it is uh, Barry. He's called Barry Bennett. Barry, the guy for who teaches in Andromach School. He was talking about that, how when they came to Africa, and Africans really, really struggled to just say Andrew. Because, like, you see everyone is calling him Andrew, Andrew, Andrew will come and share the word, Andrew will do this. And many Africans are like, no. Like, it's, we can't just call him by first name basis. We are not equal. And so he was telling the Americans, like, imagine, that is why they receive you here more results there than you hear here in America where these people are coming from. Because they have that, they decided to submit themselves to this authority. They don't feel like you've honored them if you bring them equal to this authority. They don't want to be. They're like what, what, what Paul and Peter call themselves a bond servant. That they don't want to be. They say that they honor these people. You hear Idahosa. He used to call him Papa, T.L. Osborne, Dr. T.L. Osborne, Papa. He never called him like many of the other guys. They just call him T.L. Osborne, T.L. Osborne. You don't hear that. They chose that. So, in, in America, many people don't, they, they feel like, we are equal. We are, we, we, who are they? And you see now that is something that we want to buy in Kenya. Because one good thing, ability that God has given to Kenya is adaptability. Very fast. Kenya takes on things very fast. But now it can also take on the wrong things. We need to see what we take on. So I've had many Kenyans say, huh? You see, why don't Kenyan ministers be simple? You look at the American ministers. Yeah, Andromach is just called Andrew. You look at Joel Austin, you just hear people say Joel. You just... So we think it is a good thing. But Americans writing like John Bevere, they've seen that and they know. And that is... Ben Hinn's ministry was very powerful because he came from the Eastern world. He came from Israel and you see, the mom I think is Greek and... You know, they are Greek and what? Armenian, I don't remember, but they are that mixture, Arab and... So, but he came and, you know him, he would say, if somebody called me by first name basis, I fired them. He says, the anointing is not going. You see, Ben, in his choleric, he doesn't tell you. And he, his ministry literally, it literally rocked America. You get what I mean? He received honor in America because he was a stickler for it. You get what I mean? John Bevere doesn't lead a church, but John Bevere was... A pastor for Benin. He was when Benin was a pastor. John Bevere worked under Benin for 15 years. He was a pastor there. Youth pastor then. And these are some of the things that they saw. But Benin was. And you know, he tells you, especially nowadays, he says, I'm too old to, to miss with words. You know? <laughs> he says his children get scared when he's saying something. They're like, oh, dad, you should put on some filters. Like, no, no, no. I'm too old for filters now. I'll just tell it as it is. Like he says, that's what he, he tells you, yeah, uh, the trouble that America is in, the church and the what, it's because of that. So churches are run literally like corporate organizations, literally. Ooh, I was talking to Pastor Okema, he's been, there is a, a meeting that he was attending, uh, 
like for different churches. They talk on church leadership and what. And you know, these are some of the things he sees. In, 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 in his church where he is, the pastor has also been trying to teach honor and these things and wants to see some of these things. But you see them literally in the church like assistant, pastor, pastor, and what they all believe different things. Because each person, you see, this one believes in healing, this one doesn't believe in healing, this one... Why? Because the church is run on professional basis, purely. You are here, this is your job description, this is the amount you earn. This is, you know, like, that's why it's so easy even for those churches, for many people to walk out. Like, I got another job somewhere, I got another... They don't have a, a, that, the same vision. They put out a note, we are hiring a senior pastor. Yeah, and a senior pastor comes from another denomination, does the interview, passes. He's never paid the price for that church, he doesn't know the foundation... And you see, that is why Africa is the one bringing the revival to the rest of the world. You see, because they have big churches, but the quality of Christianity is very low. Because there is no conviction. It is literally a corporate organization. Like people are, oh, can you say these verses? Can you speak the word like this? And it is that. Now, here it is different. When you see some of these mega churches in Africa, they have serious structure but they also have a serious culture of honor. Christ Embassy, Winner's Chapel, Lighthouse. Like the, and you see, that's why the Western world criticizes it. I think it is literally people country. It is what? But that is why also the quality of the people that are from there. Imagine a man like Bishop David Oedepo, spiritual father to Olenenche, David Dibiome. Yeah? Uh, his, the, his assistant. Abioye, yeah? Bishop David Abioye. The, like when you look at these are the spiritual sons, even when they come together. Look, everywhere he has, he, has, he has a meeting where all those sons come. And I'm telling you, you see them, they are seated there. You've seen those meetings, they're in the smaller, like, chapel. But you see on the front seat, you're seeing Dr. Paul and Nench, and they've just come to listen to their spiritual father. That is very hard in America. Very hard even in Kenya. If you are a spiritual son and you have a hundred thousand seat at church, if your spiritual father ever invites you to preach, not to sit and listen. Yeah. Yeah, his church is the biggest auditorium in the world. I received and I sing down for last even the only thing he was speaking there, it was a testimony. He was given five minutes. It was a week's conference. In the whole week he spoke for five minutes. First of the biggest church auditorium in the world. And you can see that that owner has stayed. So you wonder, how was he able to build this 100,000 seater? How is his influence? This last, last two weeks ago, he had crusades in Cameroon. Big, mega crusades, the healings. So there's that stability. There are some of those things that you cannot trace to, 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 you can't trace to where they came from. But what we do, we look at all these people and look at how they own authority. Like you're going to see that that constant is the owner of authority. The owner of authority. That's what you're going You're going to see what makes this preacher stand out. What makes this preacher stand out? What makes this preacher stand out? What makes this person stand out? And you're going to see that there is that owner. So that is something that we can restore. We are the ones who can restore that in Kenya. Especially in a very sober way. Because see in Kenya people will say, oh let's honor, it's good to honor the fathers. But why are they saying let's honor the fathers? So that we can tap, you see if you honor the fathers, Somebody came to me, somebody came and told me, I want you to forgive me, I want you to pray for me and what, so that maybe sometime in the future, you see we are men of God, one time in the future, 
we meet we are called in a different conference and we are not seeing eye to eye so that's the reason you've come to say sorry to me but it is something that is so common it is something that is so common like people easily move on when people in authority go through hardship wana hepa you know very common to find and then, so you find that that gap like we have talked about revival this move of god that god has called us for why haven't we really seen it and its consistency in Kenya when i just came here the first thing the bishop Isaiah came he came and asked me who fathers Kenya who's the spiritual father in Kenya it's our father some who are for bishop lai there some who are for bishop Kitonga. You know, everyone says, no, it's actually meant to be Bishop Kitonga. Bishop Light broke away. It's actually meant to be... You get what I mean? No. There are still these sects. It's not that you will see, like, imagine like in Nigeria, if that G.O. called for a meeting, who would refuse to go? If a Bishop Margaret Dahosa called for a meeting, who would refuse to go? All the ones we look at and honor has told how many times it has been witnessed pastor chris moving in his convoy and then the convoy for bishop adeboy came and pastor chris stops his convoy and goes and kneels imagine on the road that geo but how many meetings are they doing together none so in kenya we've been lied to that unity is in doing meetings together being on the same post yeah so like i say honor begins from here honor begins from the heart do we genuinely honor these people do we know then now these other things go see how it affected kenya i wonder if some of you have really looked at it like i have i have i really saw it but i've told you that when i sat in those meetings of of apostle jokai I was just like what happened to Ken? Because the message he's preaching is the message he preached in the 1970s 50s. Very relevant. Things people come and hear from Ratsi and they're like, "Wow. There's a new preacher in Ngara." You know, that's what people say. But you see whatever you're preaching, Apostle Jokai has preached even better. People are so amazed to hear of the believers of Ratsi. People are so amazed to hear spirit, soul, and body, righteousness, things that Apostle Jokai spoke about in the 60s, in the 50s. And he still speaks about them. He has not stopped. And now the generation that took after him, where are they? And now where are they? So there is a gap. You listen to these old people, you listen to the a real gap. There is no succession. Like what we are seeing in the church in Nigeria. Look, in Nigeria you can see you can name somebody who is in their 20s to somebody who is in their late 80s and you can see a thread of they all carry the power of God they are all here it's very hard you find that there is maybe just a new breed of people among these people and there is a new a new breed of there is a what there is a new breed of people among among these people that carry the different things that they carry that now you'll be like oh these are sick. there are people who are passionate about evangelism maybe there are people in in Ratsi you've seen they're passionate about evangelism oh these kekru they 
you know, like scanty, like you'll find, oh, this one is, like it's even a shock. So it's not like the body of Christ is moving together. Like, so you're like, okay, if Jokayo, Posomorim, uh, and all these guys were passionate about evangelism, why did it spread with the whole body of Christ? There you see Nigeria. From many churches in Nigeria, you see people on the streets preaching. These are people for winners. It's a month of evangelism. These are from redeemed. These are from dunamis. These are from all of them. So why should it be scanty? When you talk about healing, why should it be scanty? Oh, there's a church they believe in healing. It even excites us to hear that there's a church that believes in healing. Because they are not there. You get what I mean? Because they are not there. But it was cut off during that time of honor. Look at when we went to Kisumu. Look at those men. What those men carried. And somebody's like, why does it take a team of young people from Nairobi to go and ignite Kisumu? Yet Kisumu has these men. Who have seen more than we have seen. They carry more than we carry. And when you listen to them, but why? The other day, Bishop Obero was calling me. And he was telling me, now during the time that we were there, like in Ignite and he's there, that it opened doors for him. People in Kisuma have started inviting him to preach in their church. But isn't that sad? They took us going to Kisumu to honor such a man. Then people are realizing we don't know what we have. Why? Because of that defiance. We start, the very first person even who told me about Bishop Aubert told me negative. He told me, yeah, Bishop Aubert was my mentor. He, he was a powerful man of God. But nowadays, you know, they move on. But real honor, like we've said, even honoring authority, even I'm sure those men have had tough times. Bishop Ober lost his first wife, and they've had tough times. But real honor would be tested by when these people still stand with them. Maybe the people who are their spiritual sons now have bigger churches, so they moved on. We no longer need this one, it's not a dot com. We are now submitted to Bishop T.D. Jeffs. That is what happens. That is what happens. So it is so sad that in Kenya we will always run after that which is not from this country. And we have a lot in this country. And I believe it just came with that. Everyone wants to stand on their own. Many people, young people are saying, go speak your fathers, the problem. You see, that was a question that also came up when we had the pastor's breakfast. As I was telling him, because men, men have told me, you see the problem with Kenya, spiritual fathers don't want to let go they don't want to release they don't want to pass on the baton you see Daniel Colenda and, and, and Reinhard Bonke and these people don't want to pass on the baton don't want to pass on the baton you know I'm like first of all this is very foolish is it Daniel Colenda who decided for Reinhard Bonke to pass on the baton like that's so, so you think that Old people are going to say, now come, take over my ministry. That is passing on the button. You see a lazy generation, defiant generation. 
You think that by it just being given to you, you're going to carry on what they were doing? No. As Bishop David Oyedepo passed on, has he given Winners Chapel to Paul Enench? You get what I mean? So why isn't Pastor Paul Enencho complaining and walking away throwing down? Sirudi. That's what we do in Kenya. That's what we do. It is very different. It is very, it is very different. So if we are going to steward what God wants for us, we have to learn that from the very basic stages and to understand that honoring authority does not make us inferior at all. Unless I tell you, if you're here and you're serving in Ratsi and you can't honor those people who are above you, stop serving. Actually stop coming to this church. Yeah. Like, stop. Let me tell you, you are a liability to us if you're here and, and you don't honor the authority here. You are a liability. And that's what, that's what Nani talks about. A headache. Yeah. That's why I had to shower with cold water in the morning. But <laughs> because you see how Dougie Ward Mills says that the disloyal people will not leave. So you know, you would think that because they don't like your church, they will leave. They don't. They come every day to see something new to criticize. They come every day to see who is not doing things right. They come every day and they keep threatening, you know, this is the truth. Live before we kick you out. Hallelujah. Yeah, leave church before we kick you out. We can't, we can't just go on like that. Yeah, if you can't fully, you can't, your heart can't be here, you can't fully be here, go somewhere or you'll be blessed because you're wasting time and resources. Imagine that fear you're, you're wasting of fuel. You know, fuel prices went high. Yes. So imagine coming to a church you don't love every other Sunday. Go to a church you love. You will live longer. Yeah. You live longer. Because you will be stressed. You will be like a lot is going to happen. You're going to be. A lot is going to happen. So honor when we are honoring authority that is above us. Especially in this nation. We know we are redeeming something. We are redeeming something in this nation. And that's why we were saying that we, we want to bring these people. Partly not to lose what God began in this nation. We want to to, to, to bring them and let it never happen to Kenya like it happened in Europe. Yeah? That you go to Scotland and you're like, what? This is where great revivalists were in Scotland. You know, today you cannot even believe it. You get what I mean? Like you go to those countries and they are, some of them are as secular as can be. They are like you cannot believe some of the things that happened in those countries. You can't believe that revivals like Azusa were in Los Angeles. You get what I mean? <laughs> it's in, I mean being told that they were in California. Like Calif- this California, as in, you know, they were in Nashville. No, they were not in Nashville. They were in California. The craziest, most demon deport state in America. <laughs> that is where these revivals happened, a number of revivals, strong moves of God. So what happened? The button was dropped somewhere because of that lack of honor. It, the consequences may not be seen at that time. There is a time people felt like Apostle Jokai was 
old fashioned. There is a time they felt they had outgrown him. There is a time that time you don't see the effects. Until later, you see the influence even on government. You see all that because of that. So let's start that right now at this early age. And not just in church. Let it happen even in your place of work. Let it happen in your place of work. Some people are going to come. There is a, a program we, are going, we, we will have here that you guys will pay for. But just training people, corporate people, on how to be good at work. Especially Christians. And I realize the problem is not Christians. The problem is just familiarity. Because why, why don't many Christians, the, the, the problem that many Christians can't employ fellow Christians is not that they are Christian. It is familiarity. It is the same issue you'll see with employing a family member, same issue you'll see with employing a long-term friend. They just feel entitled. They just feel like they can show up anytime they want. They can always ask for permission for whatever they want. Which is so wrong. Familiarity. So if we honor those people, because you see, we need to stand out even in the corporate world. Some of us, our greatest impact is meant to be in the corporate world more than inside here. Like the greatest impact. Like the lady I was telling you about in the morning in business. Only she's a blessing to her church where she goes and all that. But God has given her great influence there. And some of you are that. God has given you real competence in the corporate world where you are. You do amazing things right there. But you see, the Bible says, Seest thou a man diligent at his work, then he will stand before kings. You know, standing before kings is different from sitting or bowing before kings. Standing before kings means they ask you for counsel. Men never used to stand before kings. You come before a king like this. Until he speaks and is done, and you go out. That is how people came to kings. The king is calling you, you come and bow. But he says, this one will stand before kings. And many of us as Christians, especially working among each other, we can't even work together. I've seen, we've seen this here in Ratsi. Christians here employed by somebody in Ratsi. Or somebody got them a favor, connected them. And they are frustrating them. And we're like, for us as pastors, we give them the right. You fire them. Yeah, you're not running a charity. You don't do charity by employing people. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't do that. So, so, so we, we, we are meant to stand out. So when you find Christians are, are like, they assume. Yeah? Many of you, you're going to work with each other and then you assume that because Thursday is what? Service. Just at four you walk out. Hey, don't you know we are going for service? <laughs> then you wonder why you are fired. You should understand we are fasting. You should understand we have Ignite Kenya. I can't come to work. You're not faithful in what is another man's. And that very thing you're doing there, thinking you're committed to church, you're going to do it to us also. Yeah? It is dishonor. You signed, you signed a contract as you got in that workplace. There are rights you gave to them over you. So if in a place where you've even signed a contract, you can do that. What of here where you don't sign a contract? Anything can happen. We should be diligent in those things. And even right now as we go into elections, God forbid that any Ratsi person becomes a hooligan in these elections. 
Mona people. There are leaders who are there. There is a time, I think, was it a transitioning from what? From Moy, I think, to Kibaki. Was it that? I think there is a time they had wanted Apostle Jokai to come and lay hands on. Was it Raila or who? But one of the presidential candidates. And Jokai refused. Apostle Jokai refused. He said, no. They said there is a sitting president and he's the one I honor as president. He says, go for elections, win. I'll lay hands on you as a president. Do you know how many pastors would rush for such an opportunity? So where did we lose? Where did we lose that? Authority, honor. Why don't we see such a breed of people? Where are the spiritual products from such a move of God? Who are sticklers? Yeah? Pastors who can go to police for their faith and what? Kenya is where pastors are not being arrested. The pastors arrested in Kenya are the ones we don't know. The ones threatened by police, they are the ones we don't know. You get what I mean? Yeah, during COVID and what? But look at a breed like the people like Apostle Jokai. That fire that they had to face those people, those tough governments. Where is that fire today? It was cut off during that time because of that issue of honor. So, like I said, that, that is emphasized a lot. Honoring authority is emphasized a lot, many times. So, we may not, I may not be able to emphasize it as much. You hear it a lot. At least today, I wanted us to emphasize honoring one another. Honoring one another, walking in that culture of honor, that uh, humility, celebrating one another, and we will see great, we'll see great growth among us. We will see unity and strength among us. And lastly, I also want us to work a lot on, uh, especially the department leaders. Department leaders, I really want to work us on excellence. I say that I really long for a time where. Pastor does not need to, to call for another meeting to teach people on excellence. If he calls it, it is just because it is a routine, not because he's seen that things have stopped. But you know, we just had training, because I feel like that would be growth. I feel like it would be gro- I feel like it is not growth if still there are things that like I still have to notice and say, "Oh, why are Asha's not dressed well today?" You know, recently. We had to talk about dressing. And you know, like I'm like, so where are all the leaders? If we have if I have to send a message and tell people, let people Yeah, people are just dressing in a very sloppy way. And we are just done training when? January. You see how <laughs> January. So we should be doing training every month. And that is why sometimes I wonder, are the leaders being led or they are the leaders? Are those that uh, the people are leading. Like how can a whole team decide to dress that one? The leader is there also. Yeah, that is sad. It is sad that we can do that. As a leader, go back to your notes. Hope you made notes. Go back to your notes and retrain your people. Retrain every day. Let's be at another level. This weekend we were at Christ and we saw the excellence. We saw the things that they have taken on. And Dila is telling Bishop, I think our team needs to come and learn. And you see, just in November, you know, things were not that good. 
And they admired what they saw here and they called us to train. Right now I'm like, hey, maybe we should, we should take our team to see and to learn this. Train you, keep growing and talk to people. Let's see that excellence. Let's see, let's see that work right from the entrance, from everything that is happening. Let us see that. Let's do more training, more training every do we did a whole world training now? Do for your people. Do get. You said this is hospitality. Let's have some trainings this week. Let's not being told, not, not doing it general as a church. That is going to keep us excellent. That is going. God has called us for this. But you see, like we are reading from Proverbs, how he's saying that a man diligent at his work is the one who shall stand before kings. There are many opportunities for us. God said we shall mentor many ministries. And this is one of the areas that God wants us to mentor ministries in Kenya. As we slacken, this is not going to happen. Yeah? Let's hear, let people come here and tell me, hey pastor, who is your hospitality leader? Can you send them to my church to train? Yeah? Do you feel like you're at that level as a leader? You know what I mean? Yeah. Worship. What has God spoken about this worship team? Nowadays we have at least, we've, we've regained a consistency. There is a consistency that we have regained. But we are meant to be way above that. Asher, we are meant to be way above that. You know? I was happy to see a number of things that the media team is doing nowadays. I see the interface of the screen. Many, 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 many nice new things. Those are things we need to keep up and keep going. If an issue occurs over and over, it is lack of excellence. You get what I mean? In case we this Sunday we had an issue with the maybe sound. Next Sunday we have an issue with sound. Next, to an outsider we look to be very uh, unserious people. We look to be very unserious people. And which in serious organizations you wouldn't see that. You see the diligence that people have and you see this was already fixed. Something shows up once and you're like, wow, it was already fixed. It was already sorted. So we should evaluate ourselves, especially as we hear from people. There's a, there's a time, I think when we had just come here, when we just got into Sunday services and what, every department was definitely stretched because we were coming from what we used to do at Highlands and we came here and everything was so stretched. And as we keep going on, we are going to be stretched a lot. You see, we, we, we are doing Ignite Kenya. A team is going to live here that is going to be we have a mission coming up in Kapao. We are not going to get less busy. So how can we build our teams for this? How can we build our, our, our departments for, 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 to stand the changes that are coming? Because they are going to come. And if we are just in our team and we are telling ourselves how we are good, that's a very small team. That's a very... You know what I mean? Because you as a team, you may think you're good. <laughs> that is not good. It is normally good to hear from outsiders. You see, that's why I like, like when we hear from Bishop. Bishop comes and tells us many things to change. Bishop is like, hey, yeah. you see the way that camera is standing, the worship team, why are they dwelling on that song like that? You know, when he sees things, he tells me. And I run very fast and I come and I say, we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this. Because you see, as long as, because he, he I have a blind spot that he doesn't have, he's an outsider. So as long as I'm here, I'm just going to sing, ah, our church is very good, we are excellent people. And that's what we normally feel in our departments. We feel like we are doing good. 
those comments you hear on the corridors as people go out, you take them seriously. Don't think those people don't understand. No. They are the ones who see what you do not see. And then, oh, these people are unfair. They don't appreciate the work that we are doing. They will be dealt with. We will teach them honor. But now, you, what good can you get from that? What good can you get from that? It's true they may be passing on something in a wrong way, in a what, but you, what do you pick? Whenever you're criticized, what do you pick from the criticism? Forget about the other person. They may be a critic. They may be from a wrong spirit. But what do you get? Is there some truth? Is there something that you may need to change? There may be something that you may need to change. So let's work on that. Let's evaluate ourselves. Let's always look back a month later. I know, I, I don't know for the rest, we have one camera, so for the rest of the teams, we may not be able to see very well, but maybe a few aspects of things. But for people who are here, service leaders, worship team, preaching and what, go back, watch those services and see what can we improve? What can we do better? If I watch this, if I watch the ones for last month, uh, you see why as a leader, you, you, you must, energy management must be so good. You're going to tell your people to go rewatch the service. And not all your people may, may, may rewatch the service. You get what I mean? Yeah, many of those things there and say, oh, we are streaming, we are having a Zoom meeting. People have Zoom meetings while they wash dishes, while they cook. Yeah, people don't take these things as serious. That's why we want these physical meetings. Yeah, someone tells you, oh, pastor, I'll log in. And they are there busy, distracted, doing whatever they need to do in the house. That is unseriousness. But you see, that's what you do. You tell your service people, you watch the service. And they, it's just to tell you I watched. They watch so that they can register that I watched. So they watch while on a matatu. They doze halfway. Then when it shows that they covered all the time, they tell you we covered all the time. There's not going to be improvement that way. So you as a leader, you're the one, the department leader, you task yourself. Go watch. Watch and look at your ashes where they were standing. We have protocol team now. Watch, see where they see all the glitches that happened, all the things, and go point out. That's what they do in, even in football matches. Coaches, they get videos and they watch. This is the last time we played with Tottenham, and they will pause. You see how you tackled so and so that was wrong. Cause see where the ball ended up. You see, now you as a leader. That is why you are a leader. You see, you may not be pushing chairs around, you may not be mopping, but it means when service ends, for you, your work begins. Many of the people that you lead may go home, but you, your work begins. And it has to really bother you as a leader. Why isn't my department getting better? Why isn't it growing? Your department has to grow. Your depart- we have hotspot leaders here. I said by May, if your hotspot is not growing, we should lay you off. And May is here, it has come. Because let me tell you, if it does not bother you that your hotspot is not growing, it is not going to grow. It is not going to grow. It has to come to a point where it bothers you. That we do these things excellently. Excellent. There are a few things, definitely I will point them out to departments, but there are a few things here and there. Like especially, like what would bother me is that it is something I've talked about over and over and over. Then I see it again. Like that really bothers me. That it is not something that is new. Like that would really bother me. So you go look at, look at those things. What things are we doing? What things, are, what, what things can we do better? Do them excellently. It is, also, it is also honor for you not to overlook things that are communicated from here. That is honor. That something was said and you didn't just let it pass. That is honor. And it will help us a lot. We'll be strong in structure, strong in culture, because culture, structure, 
those are the things that are going to be what? The bedrock or that are going to hold the revival, the spirituality that God has called us to. Those are things that are going to help us to maximize. We have a very good culture. We have a very good, a very good structure. Then the move of God is going to be easy to sustain. It is going to be easy to carry it to generations after generations. A culture of honor and nice structures and systems in place. Uh, 40 years from now, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren will also be seeing healings, the power of God, powerful worship, because our culture was established, structures were laid. And there will be nothing. They will not be told, hey, Ratsi, in those days, in the 2000s, 2020-something, Ratsi used to be powerful. No, we don't want our grandchildren to hear that. And our grandchildren to see this fire has kept burning. This fire is here. It, is, it has kept burning. That is one thing I like about even, like in America, maybe outside a church like Bethel. I'll say Roden Howard, Dr. Roden Howard. That's why he's a great inspiration to me. A man entered USS Pitting Fire up to today. He's now a, a, a grandfather and the way he went with America is the fire of God. It has not changed. You still hear healing miracles, miracles of healing and all this. You still hear those things. They've just grown. So the nice structure and system they have has just amplified the impact of the ministry. We have a nice culture, nice systems. Imagine this that we have here, this that we saw happening in Kisumu. Imagine if we have a serious culture of honor and very nice structure. Man, this nation will be so small for us. This nation will be so small for us. Hallelujah. You are valued. God honors you. You are a vessel of honor. Honor one another.